0: good morning folks we've got with us school board president dd Dee Dee Sorensen and superintendent bridget weiss good morning you two
1: good morning good morning kevin
0: i trust you two have been keeping warm
1: we've been i've been working at it <laughs> Oh, <laughs>
2: absolutely
0: oh, well how's the end of the semester wrapping up i understand it's finals week
2: it is. It, it's almost hard to believe that it's here already. But yes, we are closing um, in on our end of semester for our uh, high school students in particular. They're taking their finals. And um, for our freshmen, of course, they're getting their first round of grades on their transcript. And uh, so things are have gone well this semester. And I think uh, kids are focused this week and, and getting ready for their break.
0: Best of luck to them. Now, could you provide an update regarding the negotiation between the district and uh, the teachers union?
2: Sure. Um, we are, uh, we're really pleased first on negotiations that, um, at our meeting last week in first reading, the board um, heard um, our administrative uh, negotiation settlement. And so um, they will be taking action on that tomorrow. And so we're really delighted that we have two of our negotiation groups or two of our labor groups either closed or near the close of, of a settlement. And with our teachers, uh, we are um, working our way through the stages. Uh, this was a traditional bargaining process, and in as such, it does tend to be a bit slower. Um, and uh, we are at the point now, with it being December, that uh, the uh, JEA union representatives have uh, determined that they feel like we're at an impasse. And so we're working our way through that. Uh, we will have some conversation likely soon with a mediator. And depending on how those conversations go, um, we'll, pre- we'll continue to proceed in negotiations. It can look a little bit different with the mediator while you're waiting for a mediator. So uh, we're taking those stages as they come right now.
0: And and so what does an impasse mean for the negotiation process then?
2: Well. An impasse
1: is called when y- usually both parties, but certainly if one party, feels that forward progress, kind of doing the same thing the same way, is not going to result in any forward progress. So <clears throat> the first step would be to call in, call the federal mediation and conciliation service and ask for a federal mediator. A federal mediator comes at no cost to the parties. And the purpose of a mediator is to basically go back and forth between the parties. In their job, they're neutral, but they try to push on the parties to see where there's some opportunity for agreement.
0: And what's your confidence that both parties can come to an agreement?
1: Well, I am confident that ultimately both parties will come to an agreement. Um, Negotiations is a process. Um, Sometimes it's an uncomfortable process, but at least throughout my experience in Juneau, both parties have come to an agreement at the conclusion of the process.
0: Right. And on the topic of agreement want to switch gears here let's talk about the apparent interest among lawmakers and the governor in addressing and discussing education funding and funding in the upcoming session what hopes do you hold
1: well i you know try not to be too pollyanna-ish but i am really hopeful i think that the uh, We're sort of in a critical storm across the state relative to being able to hire and retain sufficient staff to be able to adequately maintain our schools and to appropriately educate our children. We are in a place where there needs to be an upgrade in the uh, state's effort for education.
0: Uh, highlight the severity of the situation for us what has inadequate funding done over time
1: well i guess this would maybe be kind of like an example back in 1981 i moved here from montana as a special education teacher with five years of experience Um, And from exactly the same point on the salary schedule in Montana with a master's degree to exactly the same place on the salary schedule in Juneau, Alaska with a master's degree, I doubled my salary. I mean, within a couple of hundred dollars. If I were to do that today, and I did look up these numbers about a year ago, so I could be a little bit off, I would leave behind a defined benefit retirement program in Montana. I would leave behind Social Security when I retired in Montana, and I would take a small pay cut coming to Juneau, at exactly the same—I looked up the same year on the two salary schedules. So that's what inadequate funding has done. I mean, it. There's there's like this myth that somehow because Alaska pays what their bsa is for the cost of living in alaska that somehow that still translates into like these awesome inviting opportunities for not just teachers to come to the state but um, every public sector employee you know biologists engineers everybody
0: you mentioned that Seems like a critical time around the state right now. What are you hearing from other districts or maybe other boards about their challenges?
1: Well, other boards have, some have already closed schools. Some are hiring teachers from, you know, other countries because they can't find teachers to come to Alaska. Uh, others have substantial. Um,
0: and that was a problem even before the pandemic oh if, yes if i recall yes yeah. yes
1: it has been difficult it has been especially difficult and i'll turn this over to dr weiss but to find teachers with specialized um credentials dr weiss
2: i do think that it's been cumulative you know that before um covet hit we were starting to see uh, many fewer teacher candidates uh we were seeing it more difficult to recruit uh, candidates to Alaska uh, so and since we've seen this steady decline in funding and and at the same time we've also heard the, in the last few years discussions at the legislative level about funding so it it is the time is now. Uh, I think that the, our, our legislative bodies have have worked their way through many of these pieces coming up into this session. And at the same time, what's been happening par- parallel to that is this decline in funding when our costs continue to go up. Uh, we don't negotiate a contract without increasing salaries. Um, our uh, property liability insurance uh, went up extraordinarily extraordinarily last year. Fixed costs continue to go up. And with the decline in state funding over the past few years, uh, we just really are at that critical point uh, that that Ms. Sorensen mentioned. And uh, I am optimistic as well. I believe that... our delegates, certainly in our region, are incredibly supportive of education, and I know that others are as well, um, and are beginning to recognize the hardship that districts are facing as a result of this uh, declining funding through uh, not increasing the BSA.
0: Uh, Dee, Dee is there anything you'd like to add before well, we go to a break?
2: Um, yes, I would just
1: like to say too, that as, you know, as we reach out to recruit teachers, We are inviting them into an economy that has, you know, spiraling housing costs and, uh, you know, lessening their opportunities, particularly long term. It's not a place to come if you plan to be here forever and retire. I mean, that's just wouldn't be on any, you know, person that had an ounce of fiduciary thought going forward wouldn't be on their radar.
0: And that comes back to that defined benefits we were talking about.
1: And and also people coming in to professions now, many of them are loaded up with student debt. And so you have higher housing costs, student debt, uh higher cost by a gallon of gasoline, and no long term good news. It's it's just a uh It's a house of cards that's falling in.
0: And with that, we'll take a quick break. And we're back with school board president, Dee Dee Sorensen, and superintendent, Dr. Bridget Weiss. Dee Dee, you had recently moved to the presidency position. Share with us what spurred the move.
1: Well, I'd been on the board for three years, and um, I felt that I was ready, and I... Recognize that there were a whole lot of really difficult decisions that the board was going to be making. And while I haven't had years and years and years of experience on the school board, I have had many years of experience um, s- staring into the workings of the school district.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Well, as a... Uh, as a teacher, I uh, was always, you know, very active, and I probably have attended I don't know how many dozens and dozens and dozens of board meetings over the course of my career. So um, I just felt like it was the right time for me to be president.:
0: um, Moving on to another topic. At a at the recent board meeting a request for a proposal was proposed seeking a third party investigative service regarding the floor sealant incident. Uh, could you update us on that?
1: Well, we initially right you know, like within a week, I believe, of the um incident, we asked for two RFPs for in, one to Investigate, in know, how the floor sealant came to be in the wrong place—the absolutely horrifically wrong place—and one to look at um, our internal communication and external communication structures around the, the incident.
0: So that's the purpose of the investigation.
1: That those were the two two different RFPs. Okay. And um, then it took. Uh, in my mind, a considerable amount of time for the de- detailing of these requests for proposals, these two different requests for proposals, and then to get them out to out in the public sphere to get um, bids back on. And in the interim, there were. Um, Incident reviews conducted by um, the Department of Environmental Conservation, the Department of Education and Early Development, um, the uh, Department of Health and Social Services, OSHA, and the Juneau Police Department, just to mention, I think I might be leaving one or two out, about how it happened. So when we received the news at our most recent board meeting that we didn't have any bids on the RFP about how it happened. That, you know, wasn't hugely concerning to me because we have a lot of third-party investigations on how. Um, We have one bid on the... um, RFP surrounding communications. And it was in first reading, and di- different board members brought up different things about did we think we still really needed it? You know, I mean, but the purpose of having two readings is so that, you know, we can have an opportunity to think about it. You know, you bring up what you're thinking at the moment. Um, so some people wondered if we still needed it, other people thought it would be important for, you know, public confidence. So we will, you know, I have, I've been talking to people, I'm sure all the other board members have been hearing from people. So we will come to a final conclusion at our next board meeting on whether to go forward with that RFP.
0: And whatever's coalesced, it's still going to focus on the communications aspect of it.
2: That particular RFP uh, yeah. is yes.
0: And 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 Bridget.
2: Yeah, I would just add that out of each of those pieces of work um, that was done, uh, that were done immediately following the incident, both around communications and uh, the actual floor sealant um, uh, happening. Um, we have safety plans corrective action plans that grew out of each of those um, third-party investigations that were done um, as well as our internal um, evaluation of communications action steps corrective action that have been um, employed so so not only did we do those investigations early on um, we also have implemented the safety steps the follow-up corrective pieces to those In both of those um, areas Um, and and we have those posted um, on our
0: website as well very good well we're coming to the end of the program here but I wanted to give you both the opportunity to look back on the year is there any highlights that come to mind perhaps positive
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, well I it's we we had school full time all year long in 2022. Um, we had uh, students walk across the stage with you know as many people as they wanted to have there, so to speak. Um, and uh, most recently at our last school board meeting, we celebrated uh, people who had done extraordinarily well in uh, the swimming and diving competition in the state and the tennis competition and uh, the uh, cheer team competition so just from our last meeting you know it was a marvelous celebration of student achievement and I guess that's why we're here as we're here for you know not just student achievement in those realms but to you know, surround and support our students in every possible way that we can to help them grow into um, constructive and um,
2: happy adults. Bridget. Yeah, I would just add to that. Um, it really has. The last 12 months has been that launch really into full fledged everything where we sort of limped our way out of COVID and took those steps slowly in the last 12 months. We just have seen over and over again, you know, what our systems, um, what our teachers, what our classified folks, how important they are on a daily basis to our, our students and um, seeing the activities, seeing the classrooms, seeing the field trips, um, uh, just really being robustly uh, reimagined is is really encouraging and, and and something to celebrate.
0: Well, is there anything either of you would like to add?
2: No, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, too. And that's a wrap. I not only want to thank you two here today, but also all of you listening. This is my last program as host. I'll be moving on to other things come the new year. I just wanted to say it has been an honor to host these conversations with Alaska's newsmakers. My only hope is that it has helped you be as informed as you can be about this place we share. This is Kevin Allen for Action Line signing off.